Welcome to the Rock Christian Church Podcast. Today's message is Colossians by Pastor Terry Keane. Um, 2021 is over. I didn't hear any hallelujahs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you're a bit stunned. I think you're still trying to cope with the fact that 2021 was as bad as it was. But, uh, but you know, there was some exciting stuff that happened in 2021. And, and there is this development of God's Holy, of Holy Spirit into our lives that just brought us into new dimensions and new possibilities and new opportunities with God and with, with, with the condition and the situation that we found ourselves in. So 2022 is now here. It's, 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 you know, into the second day. And soon we'll only, you know, be having Easter and then it'll be Christmas again. And yeah, well, the way things go so fast, hey? Oh, dear me. Well, I'm, I'm not here to tell you how, you know, what we're going to do in 2022, but I hope that God is able to do something by just sharing some, some things that God gave me to be able to impart to you. So how are we actually going to approach 2022? I mean, what are your plans? I mean, I was listening to Lynn speaking there, and that was really good. Thank you, Lynn. I was watching her preparing all this in, in our home, and uh, I thought, oh, I know what, Lynn, you'll have something really, really special to be able to share with us, and she did too. But how are we actually going to approach 2022? Have you given it much thought? Maybe it's sort of been something that, uh, you know, I'll wait until a little bit further down the track, you know, wait till it sort of gets into the, into the humdrum of what is going to happen in 2022. Um, do we approach it with a ho-hum, you know, so what? 2022, is it going to be anything different? But a few weeks ago, I think it was on the 12th of December, I had the opportunity of just being able to preach and to be able to share some things with you. And... I opened the book of Ephesians and I shared the book of Ephesians. I'm not doing that today, but the book of Ephesians was uh, was something that really, really has uh, gripped my life and, and always has it been. If you looked at my Bible, there's so much written into it that, you know, even the pages are starting to come out in my Bible and um, I've put so much stuff in there. And I'm not boasting. I'm just saying that it's 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 one of my books that have really, really spoken a lot to me over the the number of years that I've been a Christian, uh, which is, um, you know, at 62 years, I think I've been a Christian now. And, um, uh, and, and, and this book in particular has been most powerful, uh, in, in, you know, input into my life. And today, I want to just start to talk about the book of Colossians. So if we turn to the book of Colossians, now, last time I spoke, I, I, I shared some, some thoughts that I just probably just opened up the whole the book to you. And there was so much in there that has um, that that when I got feedback, people were saying, you know, you run our life group. Can you do this in life group? Can you actually go through the book of Ephesians? So those who are in our life group here at the church, um, we will be looking at the book of Ephesians. And now that I've done uh, an unexpected sermon on today, um, I'm, I'm looking at the book of Colossians. So if you open your Bibles up or your, your phones or whatever you've got there, look at the, the book of uh, Colossians. So just a little bit of a history about it. 
The quarter of the book of Colossians is actually found in the Ephesians as well. If you had a look at the both books, you had them side by side, you would see verses and, and, and uh, comments made that are very, very similar. And uh, Paul is the author of both of them. And the structure of Colossians follows the familiar Pauline pattern in, whom, in which a, a doctrinal section is in the book. And so he points out all this doctrine and in an order not to sort of keep them bored or, or uh, you know, wow, that's pretty heavy-duty stuff, he then encourages them to have a look at how they were to live as a Christian and how to act as a Christian. So Paul outlines in the book of Colossians, just to give you a little bird's-eye view of it, in the book of Colossians, there is in chapter 1 and um, uh from verse 3 to about chapter 2, it talks about the, 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 the nature of Christ's lordship. And if you go home today, nothing to do on Sunday, you can start to have a look at the book of Colossians, open it up, and you'll be able to then start to see how this, this book develops the idea of Christ's lordship. And not just the, the idea of it, but the actual fact of Christ's lordship. And then Christ's lordship and the false teaching at Colossae. And unfortunately, and as we have heard over the number of years, a uh, number of uh, weeks, I should say, as uh, Pastor Sean has, has uh, it's, it's, it's his birthday today, by the way. I think he's 43. Yeah, just thought I'd drop that in anyway. Um, only to wish that I was 43 again, but however. Uh, but uh, he's been talking about some of the stuff that... that has been falsely declared within certain churches. And so um, Colossians were not exempt from that. And so in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 to about chapter 3, it talks about Christ's lordship and the false teaching at Colossae. And then in uh, the latter part of the book of Colossians, it's Christ's lordship in the Christian life. Christ's lordship in the Christian life. Ephesians was very similar. It talked doctrinally in the first three chapters and in the last three chapters, it talked about how we were to live as a Christian. Now, if you were to go to my home in Ormiston and, uh, and I allowed you to and open one of the, and the, the double garage that we've got, on one side is where I can park my car. The other side of the, of the, of the uh, garage is not, you can't even park a car, let alone a bike in there. The reason why is that we have an enormous amount of stuff, and I call it stuff, that belongs to two of my five children. Uh, they sort of said, can we just deposit this here, Dad? We've got nowhere to leave it at, your, at our place, so can we put it into your place? And so, um, so it's, just, it's just got bigger and bigger. And, um, and so there are times I go in there and I do some raving and ranting and telling those who, who I think should hear that they really need to go through this stuff and then to get rid of it. And uh, so there's, there's, and then I can't blame them completely because there is some of my stuff there, there's some of Lynn's stuff, and there's stuff there from our parents and, and so on. And so, you know, one of those sorts of rooms, you either got a room with one of those you know, everything's in it, or our garage is the one that's got a lot of stuff in it. And now I have uh, a son that's and his children living with us. Um, there's more stuff that's come into the garage. And I would just love to be able to have it free. But, uh, however, it's not the way it's going to happen. And so um, we've gone into that into that garage. How many times, Lynn, and we go, 
you know, we've really got to get rid of this stuff. We're really going to get rid of this stuff. And then I'll say to her, well, I'm going to put it in the, in the, you know, onto the back of my neighbor who often is uh, available to have a, you know, he's got a ute and he says, anything you want to put on there, I'll take it down to the tip for you. And I'm thinking, oh, you don't know. You know, I could, you know, you'd probably need about five trips. But however, and we've sort of tried to make something um, pleasant about it. You know, we've tried to sort of make it look as though we know, know exactly where to go to if we ever want it. It doesn't work that way because you, and I've marked things and I've put things on it. And you know those sorts of rooms, hey? Those sorts of situations. And so I, I Lynn and I, we've talked about it even this year. <laughs> so how, how we go, I'm not sure. Now, often I say to Lynn, when we get around to it, that'll be, you know, we'll be able to get, you know, I have one of those. Have you got around to it? Hey? Have you got around to it? Good. I'm not the only one that's got around to it. Yeah. But I'm going to try and get rid of my round to it. Because I've really got to start doing something about it, you know, and not do, I'll get around to it one day. So uh, I can't ignore the garage and I have to do something about it. Lynn's noting this, I know she is. So despite the first chapters of, of Colossians being, a, a, you know, chapters that explode with so much biblical truth and I could preach on them and I won't today, but I want to just highlight chapter 3. And I've, I want to just bring some beautiful stuff out of chapter 3. I hope that you get, get, can, can get the, the benefit of it as well. What does chapter 3 have to say to us? And what does it have to say about a new year? And so the title of my message would be that it's, a, it's a, um, an old challenge for a brand new year, an old challenge, which is talking about the, the biblical story, and uh, but it's for a new year. It never, ever grows old, to be honest. And so maybe I can just share some insights on how we can apply ourselves to having a purposeful and fulfilling new year of 2022. And so that is how I've looked at this 2022. I want it to be purposeful. I want it to be fulfilling. And when I would even share some some. Uh, uh, greetings to some some people, uh, family, or to others, or you know that sort of gave me greetings. I would often say to them, "I hope you do have a fulfilled and a very purposeful New Year," because we can just say Happy New Year and it's just sort of Happy New Year. But I wanted to make it something that they could think about and go, "Yeah, I want to have a purpose in this New Year of 2022." So the first part of my message is that some things that we do have stored, that stuff that is in the garage, that stuff that's in the room, some stuff we actually need to retain. It's not like we can't just go into the into the garage and go, well, let's just toss everything, because that's not exactly how it works either. You know, we can't just get rid of stuff because we think that it is stuff that we have to get rid of. And so... Um, some things that we do have are need to be retained, and I'll explain. And so when we go into the garage, Lynn and I, we go into the garage and we start to go through the stuff, we realise that there are several items there that are very important to us. They have a preciousness that we really can't 
get rid of or we can't just willy-nilly throw it away. And we decide to keep it a little while longer and maybe have the intention that later on we might dispose of it, but at this particular point of time, it's really, really precious. So how does that work by looking at the book of Colossians? So Paul begins to speak to the, to the Colossian Christians in this way. He says, I want you to be aware that you can't toss everything out. Not everything is junk. Not everything is, is irrelevant. But what I want you to do is to have an awareness of your foundation. If we have a look at chapter 3 and verse 1, it says then, if you have been raised up with Christ... Keep seeking the things that are above where Christ is and seated at the right hand of God. Paul tells us that we are risen in Christ and that we will also notice that in the front of it, right at the front, it says if. Now, if's a big little word, but it has a big meaning and it proceeds or precedes this uh, comment. And so in this particular situation, The word if is not a statement of possibility. It's an actual declaration of spiritual reality. And I shared that with you last time when I spoke on Ephesians, that it talks about the same thing, that if you were raised with Christ, that you live like you were raised with Christ. It's a declaration of spiritual reality. It's a spiritual position that we are to find ourselves in. If we had a look at at Colossians chapter 1, and I love reading through all this stuff. There's so much in it, and I... I could just get up and preach it now, but I won't because I know that you want to get home. But, um, but you know, look at verse 13. And in verse 13 of chapter 1, I'm now just flicking back to chapter 1, it says here that, that just prior to it that we are to give thanks to, G, to God the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance in the saints in light, of light. You know, that's an inheritance. We all talk about inheritance. And, you know... You know, I, I'm grateful to think that, that I received inheritance from my parents and, and, and I, I know that my five children hopefully will benefit from our inheritance as well and the inheritance that, that is ready for them. But it says here in verse 13 that he delivered us from the domain of darkness and he transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. I want you to capture that in your thinking today that it's not only just deliverance, but also it's transference. But the word transference actually means snatching. He snatches us. If you can sort of see that, in, in, put that into, that into that sentence, that he snatched us into the kingdom of his beloved son. So from where we were in darkness, he's right, you're out. Now that you've believed in me, I'm going to now just put you in to the, to the kingdom. And I love that expression. I remember it, a preacher preaching that to me and I've never, ever forgotten it. You know, it wasn't like when, I, when we've been transferred from one place to another, it takes ages. You know, you get the transfer and you then realise you've got to pack up and then you've got to go there and you've got to unpack and, and so on. And transfer often has that idea that it's a long time. But in this particular context, it actually means that he just snatches you, he transfers you, gets you out of that old place and puts you into a new place. Does that, is there a hallelujah to that? Absolutely. And so 
You know, and it goes on, and in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin, etc., etc. I can't, um, you know, go on too much more because I really have more things that I want to share from chapter 3. And so not only is there we have to be aware of our foundation, so this is not something I want to throw out. This is not junk. This is not rubbish. This is not something that I just want to, oh, yeah, ho-hum, I'll just get rid of that. No, this is what I want to keep. I want to keep my foundation. I want to keep having attention to the focus. In chapter 3, the focus is, if we go back to chapter 3, the focus is that, that, um, in, in, that we keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and we're to set your mind or to set our minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. The word set means set. It actually sort of establishes itself. It concretes itself in, in uh, that which is uh, above, the things that are above. Now, if we're struggling in our Christian life, it could be that we are setting our thoughts and our life on the things that are of the earth. Now, that's, that's not going to, you know, it's not going to help you whatsoever. And, and how many times that we have got into that and realised that, you know, that sounds attractive, it looks attractive, it's appealing or whatever. It doesn't bring any addition to your life at all, if anything. Misery, unhappiness, sadness, and, and, and a walk away from God. And so, you know, I, I want to just encourage you today that, that uh, we need to keep our focus, and that is by setting, establishing our things and our mind on the things that are above. What do we have to set our, what do, what do, a part of our body that we have to set? It's our mind. Is That's where the struggle is. This is where it starts to really start to have the opposition. And so our focus needs to be truly focused. And since we have been raised to a new life in Jesus, we're encouraged to seek those things which are above, and that word seek is in the present tense. It's, a, it's an imperative mode. And in other words, we are told from this chapter in verse that we're to be continually seeking those things that are above, continually. It's not just, oh, well, I think I'll have a little bit of a splash at it now, but it is, no, I'm going to continually seek those things that are above. And the second verse builds on that thought by telling or suggesting to us to set our affections on things that are above. In other words, the word affection means to refer to the mind, it also says that we're to focus our thoughts on heavenly things, on righteous things, and not on earthly things. Now, what are some of the things that hopefully that we will pursue into the new year? If we have a look at Colossians chapter 3, in verse 10, one of the things that we are to pursue is a deeper knowledge of Jesus. A deeper knowledge of Jesus in verse 10. And having put on a new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created us. In a clean and holy life. That's mentioned in chapter 3, verses 5 to 9. And I, I won't sort of uh, go right through all of that. But in chapter 3, verses 5 to 9, it encourages us to have a clean, holy life. In Colossians 3, verses 12 to 17, it talks about godly virtues. In Colossians 3, verses 18 to 21, it talks about holiness in domestic life. 
In Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 to chapter 4, verse 1, it talks about holiness in our social life. And then in chapter 4, it talks about having an effective prayer life. And then in verse 3 to 6 in Colossians chapter 4, a fruitful witness. Wow, that's heavy-duty stuff. There's a lot of stuff there we have to, to do. But, you know, we're the happier people when we do make application of those those things that are we're seeking above, not on the earth. It makes it better for us. And so if there's any encouragement that I want to give to you today is to, to walk in that light and to walk in those things that, that God has asked us to walk in. We are to allow a heavenly perspective to govern our earthly walk. And every decision, every activity, every plan, every purpose is to be considered in the light of eternity. Now, that almost seems like it's impossible, but it's not. I mean, we haven't got where we've got without applying that. Many of us have made a very definite application of the Bible and its truth and its word to our life, and we are very content in it. We are very happy in how it has how it's established us and how it's developed our life, how it's fulfilled a plan and a purpose in our life. And so my encouragement to you would be that we really, really start to look at some of these books in the, Old, in the New Testament again and, and, and just to, 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 to muse over them, to meditate on them. And to meditate actually means to, to, to uh, like a ruminant animal, like it's a cow. You, you, you get into the word, you, you, you chew it up like the cow does, you know, you know, chewing the cud. And uh, yeah, and, and so, I mean, it's, it's, it's I, when we lived in Victoria, you know, um, yeah, you know, lots of cows down there, lots of dairying. And, and so I would watch these cows and they would go and chew on the grass and then they'd, they would, they'd chew the card and, and then, uh, then you'd sort of know that it would go down and they'd get all the nutrients out of it and then it'd come back up again and then it'd chew again and then they'd get everything out of it. And that is exactly how the Word of God is. You know, we're, in it, we're to get everything out of every, every dot that's on it, on an eye and every T that's been crossed. We need to just say, what does that mean? What can I enjoy out of this? What can I uh, eat, regurgitate? Eat, chew the cut again. You know the story I'm trying to say, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So that's what meditation is as well, and we need to meditate on on God's word. So the second point I want to make is this: is that some things must be released. There are things in our garage that, when we go into it again, that is really just trash. It's just stuff that we put in there because there was, it was too easy just to walk downstairs, put it in the garage, because that's where we've sort of now put everything. And, uh, you know, now, now that we have a second car, um, you know, the car, other one stays outside. And so I'd love to be able to put it in the garage. But, however, can't do that because it is crammed full. And I have a very big garage. If you saw it, it goes the full width of the house. And, I mean, goodness me, it's such a large garage. And yet, um, anyway, you'll all be standing, you know, waiting for me to come home today. I want to have a look at that garage. I just want to see how terrible it really, really looks. But um, we've tried to make some semblance out of it anyway. And so some of it is actually just trash. 
And so in our spiritual life, the same thing is true. There are some things that try to attach themselves to our lives that we know is just plain trash. And so Paul strongly suggests that we are to focus on heavenly things. We would, we, we, he knows that perfectly well when he's opening this up to the Colossians and to the Ephesians and to others that he wrote to, that, that he knows perfectly well that if we focus on the things that are of the world, we're going to come undone. But if we focus on the things that are of God and above, we would not get up in, caught up into worldly pursuits. We would not be distracted. And if we did, uh, this focus on heaven, well, it totally changes our whole lifestyle. It changes the way we live as a Christian. Now, Paul was adamant that there were things to avoid. Just like if I go into my garage, I've got to get rid of stuff that I don't need anymore. And so... In this particular uh, chapter of uh, Colossians, in chapter 2, he speaks about false doctrine. And, uh, in, 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 and even in that time in Colossians, there was lots of stuff that you'd think that it was just a brand new church, that they wouldn't have had a lot of false doctrine. But my goodness me, it just shows you how humankind can change the truth so easily and so, and for some, permanently. But In this way, it says in verse 8 of chapter 2, so see to it that no one takes you captive. Those are really interesting words because we're in an age now where there's so much out there that is trying to take us captive, that is trying to get us distracted from what is the truth, from what is the truth. So no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. And so he was just sort of hammering it home to the, to the Colossian people that they don't get caught up in philosophies or conspiracies that man has invented. And it even, um, you know, over the centuries, over decades, and even over these last few years, there's been so much that has happened out there that has tried to distract us from the truth. We really need to go back to the truth. And, um, and, and sometimes we ask ourselves, what is truth? And so we know that the word of God is truth. There's vain deceit or empty tricks. There's traditions of men. And even a simplistic message of the, of the word is, is um, you know, like what, what God is saying here, that we need to develop it. We need to get further and further into the things of God we can really have to learn to understand Christ more and not to be consumed by elementary principles. So that is something we can get rid of. If we have stuff that we know is false doctrine that is not, that is philosophies that are, that are, are things that are, are not helpful, get rid of them. Foolish demands on our life. And if we had a look at Colossians chapter 3 uh, again, and I don't, I don't wish to sort of um, bring you into that place where we have to go through every word, but what are some of the things that are in our lives that, that, that hold us back? Fleshly uh, deeds like sins of the flesh, uh, sexual activity outside the, the confines of marriage, uh, impurity, wicked passions, lust, things off limits, evil desires, longing for forbidden things, covetousness to have more, of, of something that really you're not entitled to. Anger, in chapter 3, uh, this refers to a deep, smouldering bitterness. Wrath, 
anger boiling over, malice, desire to do harm or damage, or blaspheme to slander God and, and his name. And, and so, you know, there's, there's these things that we are to get rid of. These things that we, it might, we might be aware that we have developed some of these things that, that are, are, are not uh, purposeful in our life. But if, if anything, they just bring us undone. Filthy communication, that means abusive speech to, to hurt or to wound somebody or lying is another, another thing. And so we can make a new, real, new year resolution and literally starve those fleshly desires and those appetites. Don't feed them. Don't give them any opportunity. We make a definite, decisive decision to, to, uh, to not allow these things to occupy our thinking and in our way of life. And I want to just give you some, some opportunity to, uh, to understand this even better, but we're taking it from the book of Philippians. And, and so in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, it encourages us to do this. He says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is uh, honourable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, what does it encourage us to do? If you turn to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, what does it tell us to do? Think on these things. Think on these things. To dwell on those things. And the word dwell even in some of the, the scriptures there actually means that you take, it take, you know, you allow it to take residence. You know, it's not transient, but it's to dwell, to really, to, to occupy. Now we can let bad things occupy and dwell, or we can let the Holy Spirit and his ways dwell in us. So we need to, to dwell on these things. The things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, what also we have to do? We have to practice those things. You know, if you were playing a piano, do you just get up and play the piano straight away? No. You have to go through, I mean, you didn't, did you? Neither did you, Lynn. Any instrument, you can't just get up and play it. But you have to practice it. And practice and practice and practice, and eventually you are able to to do it. So the Bible is very clear. You, they're not. You're not. You know, God is good. He's not expecting you just to be holy immediately. <laughs> we are holy in a way because of what Christ has done for us and how He's done it for us. But we need to to. Um, he needs. He realizes that we need to open up our hearts and practice and practice and practice and and start to really work on some of these things that are going to make our 2022 a better year. The third thing I want to just bring out is that, and, and, and we're getting to the end here, so some things need to be remembered. When we clean up the garage, there will be something that will be in there that we will discover that we will not at all discard. It's meant to stay with us forever. So... I'm, I'm just sort of wanting to, to encourage you to say, you know, there are, it's not just getting rid of everything. We really need to look at how these things affect us. Now, some things must be remembered. And I want to just draw that out from Colossians chapter 3. There has been a death. Someone died for you. 
and that is Jesus. That is something we can't get rid of. That is something that we hold precious to our soul. We are to be reminded again that we have died to sin and to the influence of this world. Maybe there could be someone here this morning that is tired of that previous life that they've had, those years that have brought you undone, that have just given you no purpose in life, and you know that 2022 has to be different. It has to be something of purpose, a new dimension to my life, a new direction in my life. And this morning I'm encouraging you to think that through and to be able to take it on board. In Galatians chapter twenty, uh, chapter 2, verse 20, I'm going to read it to you. I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved me and delivered himself up for me. If there's any verse in the scripture, that is one that you can just grab hold of to remind you that someone has died for you. This is not to be ever thrown out. And also the other thing is is that there has been a deposit. When we are saved, we're given a new life in Jesus Christ. And this new life imparts to us a divine nature. It comes out in the book of Peter in particular. It talks about that most amazing divine nature that has been imparted to us. And this new life guarantees the believer eternal security. In other words, a deposit has been put into your bankrupt soul. We're bankrupt until we find Christ. And then when we find Christ, he then deposits all that he has into our bankrupt soul. I want you to think about that today. I've thought about it a lot over these last 24 hours as I've gone over and over the sermon and I would sit down and I'd, I'd, I'd go over it because it was only just new and fresh so I'd, I wanted to get it across in a better way. But, um, you know, it's, it, it, but yeah, a deposit into a bankrupt soul, it's amazing stuff. And because we're hidden in Jesus, it's like we're living in a protective custody. You know, it's... So there's a conclusion to this. But not only a conclusion, but also I hope that a more a stepping stone for you to, to develop a Christian life, even far richer and far more meaningful than ever. And there is a lot to take in. But as we stand on the cusp of a new year, we need to take a good, hard look at our lives and our walk with the Lord. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7, It says, so as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. Our hearts should be absolutely grateful today. Our hearts should be full of praise and wonder, just what Christ has done for our lives and in our lives. And so I'm talking to a, a, you know, a congregation who understands and, and I'm not hopefully suggesting that all of you are in a terrible state. I don't want to impart that at all. 
But I hope that this illustration of, you know, when, you know, I'll go back to that garage today and I'll just go look at it and go, there's a sermon in this, you know, there's a sermon here uh, and there has been. And so, um, I, yeah, I just ask these questions. Are there some things in your life that need to be retained? You don't get rid of them in 2022. There's some things that we need to retain, those precious things. Are there some things in your life that need to be released, let go, get rid of them? Or are there some things in your life that need to be remembered, like what Christ has done for you and how we're to live for him? I'm just going to close in Colossians chapter 3 and verses 10 to 17. Let's read them together in verse 10 of chapter 3. And have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Verse 11, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and freeman, but Christ is all and in all. And so, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. Amen. So let's let's put on love, eh? Let's put on love. And so when we leave this service this morning, you know, we've got a different attitude towards 2022. Let's try and put all that which is in the past behind us and now look forward to that future in Christ. God bless you all. And uh, enjoy the rest of the day, um, and we'll see you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Rock Christian Church podcast. To be notified when the next episode is available, subscribe on our website at therock.org.au. You can also connect with us on Facebook at The Rock Christian Church. We hope you have been blessed today. And we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.